0: Yeah. Grubs. I Sounds like settle, a cool guy. I would settle for someone like naming a sandwich after me. Honestly, <laughs> even if it was like not a very good sandwich, I'd be like, "This is pretty cool."
1: Oh, you'd be pissed if it was a bad <laughs> sandwich. Let's get real. <laughs> you're like that, or I'd have never even eaten mayonnaise? that mayonnaise. Yeah, if it had Are mayonnaise, you, okay? you would. This this whole yeah, throw flip the table.
0: I would burn that establishment to the ground. Mm-hmm. Apoptosis, going mad, my liver's gonna fail. Maybe it's from the radium I use to paint my nails. Well, say you hate me, carbon date me, throw me in the sea. I'll be back with time because I'm made of stardust and chemistry. A stardust and chemistry.
2: Hello, and welcome to Cowboy Chemistry. My name is Dylan E. Raleigh. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm a PhD candidate in chemistry at Texas Tech. Today, my guest is Caleb Davis. Uh, he's a local comedian. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. How about yourself?
2: Pretty good. Pretty good. Got big news on the career front. I get to go to Ooh. Los Alamos for the summer uh, for an internship.
1: <laughs> awesome.
2: So... Uh, that's exciting.
1: What are you interning to do in Los Alamos?
2: So, I haven't been assigned a mentor yet or anything. So, I don't know who I'll be working for or like exactly what project. But, um, you know, I'm a chemist. So, we'll be doing, um, I'll probably be in their like organic synthetic, inorganic synthetic division. So, uh, making complexes of, I don't know, ur- uranium stuff or plutonium or neptunium. Okay. Depending on what group I get in so go. that'll be cool and then i can maybe grow crystals of it and then figure out their structure okay. uh, i'm gonna be crystal girly <laughs> 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 someone called me that once and i'm like i will forever use that now thank you <laughs> not those kind of crystals though um
1: Right, specifically not those type of crystals.
2: Well, you know, like naturally occurring crystals, according to certain religious practices, can like heal you and stuff. Um, my crystals definitely put off energy, but not a healing energy.
1: <laughs> gotcha. They
0: put off radiation. Anti crystal healer. The anti crystal. You're the crystal destroyer, is what you are. No, I
2: injurer. make a crystal injurer. The cr- the crystal poisoner.
1: Yes. Yeah, the only. Crystal I'm familiar with is the stuff that ends with you panhandling people on the street. So the, I was going to say the, the most, meth kind. Right. Oh, the
0: okay. Most okay, crystal in Lubbock,
1: the, Texas. The Heisenberg kind.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm, yeah. Fun fact: that the re- you know he there's the, like the blue meth that he makes in the show. uh I don't think there's any reason for it to be blue. That's not a thing because they brag in the show that it's like 99 pure or whatever. If it's 99% pure, it shouldn't be blue. That's
0: <laughs> like, just marketing. That's all it
2: is. Yeah, like, it just, it, it's just like, that's not a thing. Chemists across
1: the world are like,
2: oh, oh, it's a plot hole.
1: It's a plot hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: There's more than just that plot hole, Yeah, <laughs> chemically speaking, but.
0: Uh, we should do a bonus episode on that. We can, yeah. Uh, the chemistry of
2: meth, I guess. I had a friend that used to like find strangers and like ask them if they wanted if they wanted to go do meth with her. And I'm like, "Stop asking people that because one you don't do meth. Someone's going to say yes and expect
0: you to take them to meth. <laughs> don't do that." <laughs> I mean, that is a way to make friends. Okay, but
2: again, she didn't have meth. She doesn't do meth. She had no meth for them. How would you get how would you get a friend?
0: Maybe it's somebody that's the like the
1: journey, the journey to the to, the, to the, the, the like. Journey. Hey, sorry, there's actually no meth, but we got to know each other really Maybe it's well. Maybe the friends
0: we made along the way, right? I don't know. Okay, that's what meth is all about—the friends you make along the way. Yeah, I don't think the so. Ones you can remember <laughs> the ones that help you inject meth into your veins when you know smoking it just isn't working for you anymore. No, no. Okay, we're not. All right. Not an official stance. Not I an official you. stance. Okay, cool, cool, nope. cool. Cool. Cool.
2: Cool. No meth doing. Um, <laughs> it's
1: a zero meth podcast group. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay.
2: No meth. Yeah. No making meth. Mm-mm. Not Not even fictionally. I'm going to say that. A shame on the show that I'm forgetting the name of. <laughs> it's got Breaking Walter Bad. White in it. <laughs> yes, I remember Breaking Walter Bad. White, but I couldn't remember Breaking Bad. I'm sorry. Um Anywho, do you know who won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry last year?
1: I have not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
2: Uh, well, fun fact, it was three people. There was two people, Barry Sharpless, Morton P. Men- Meldel uh, and Carolyn Bertozzi. So today's episode, we're going to focus on Carolyn Bertozzi. She won the 2022 Nobel Prize in Chemistry. Um, well, all three of them won it, obviously, for the development of click chemistry and what's called bioorthogonal chemistry. Bioorthogonal chemistry, uh, I had to look it up when she won because I had not, I did not know what it was either, (laughs) um, is references to any chemical reaction that can happen inside of a living system without interfering with the natural biochemical stuff happening in the cell so like most organic chemistry reactions if you tried to do it in a cell it would kill the cell right because it's poison there's poisonous elements to it right but this kind of chemistry you can do in living creatures no problem and it it doesn't hurt the creature or cell or whatever you're doing it in so um and so the, the word bioorthogonal comes from like two Greek words, bio, obviously meaning living and orthogonous. I probably said that wrong, but it just means right angled. So it's like also like perpendicular. It's the same thing.
0: That sounds like a spell. Yes. Bioorthogonous. That's right. <laughs> I don't know what that spell does, but I think it's, I think it's pretty powerful.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Something yeah. Something
1: inside yourself. Or inside the,
2: you know, it sounds yeah. really powerful, but it just takes everything and rotates it ninety degrees.
0: <laughs> I don't know what the application of that? Of that, you're horizontal is. now. <laughs> it's just like it's some—it's a spell that photographers use. Yes,
2: <laughs> but yeah. So it just literally, literally, that word means uh, a reaction that goes perpendicular to a living system, not disturbing it, right? And so we're going to talk about her a bit and what she's what she did. Okay. Um, She was born on October 10th of 1966. So, right now she is age 56. So, she is still alive. I actually was talking to Selena before this and I was like, I think this is the first person we've done that's like still alive. Uh, Yeah. Everyone we've, you you said you didn't listen to the podcast, but like everyone else we've done has been dead. Um, (laughs)
0: Actually, no.
2: No. 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 Okay.
1: Uh. (laughs) We won't talk about whoever that was.
0: Laughing. we'll name drop it in the bonus episode that's what we'll do yeah maybe that's yeah. where the gossip goes that's the where the gossip episode. goes <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh she grew up in lexington massachusetts she is the daughter of the late norma gloria beringer and william bertozzi um her father was of italian descent and her grandmothers were her grand her maternal grandparents were from Nova Scotia, Canada. She actually has two sisters, and her father was a physicist uh, at MIT. So she, her father was a physicist at MIT, and then her sister, is na- her name is Andrea Bertozzi, is also like a mathematician. So her whole family is like Brandyx. very educated. Yeah. Yeah, and I, my understanding is uh, Andrea Bertozzi is also like a pretty big deal in mathematics. I don't know enough about mathematics to like tell you how big a deal but uh she's at like ucla i think so she must be good at what she does (laughs) i don't really have that much on her personal life bertozzi is a lesbian uh she has been out since the late 80s (laughs) selena uh what is this called fist
0: Fist pump right fist Fist pump That's alia yeah yeah (laughs) It's a hell yeah. <laughs> One for the lesbian. <laughs> We're making a comeback.
2: <laughs> uh, she has a wife and three sons. Uh, obviously, her education is the most documented part of her life. Um, Bertozzi received her bachelor's degree uh, in chemistry from Harvard University in 1988. And then she got a doctorate in the same subject from the University of California, Berkeley in 1993. So she has been doing chemistry for longer than I've been alive, <laughs> which is interesting she was a postdoc fellow at all at the university of california in san francisco from 1993 to 1995 again this is like the first person that i've ever covered that's still alive, and she also has twitter so if you want to follow carolyn bertozzi on twitter you can she's cool
1: have you you tweeted at her
2: i have not tweeted at her i figure when this comes out i'll tweet at her and be like hey i did an episode of of you um i hope you don't hate it
0: It'll be like when people make horrible drawings of celebrities and send them to them. Yeah. Just like, I don't know why you did this, but thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's going to start listening to it and we're going to be
2: rambling about meth. She's going to be like, is this episode really about me? <laughs> um, She'll be like, don't
0: include me in that narrative.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want
0: to be in, I don't be like, in that. Um, I mean,
1: this could be the best Bertozzi chemistry podcast out there. I mean, you know, that's
2: how you, I feel we're like. probably that's the only one. Well, well no, that's probably nice. I mean, you can be true. the only one and
0: also the best. True, that's true. That's true. what yep. I used to say about myself when I was the only like woman doing comedy here. I used to say I'm the best female comedian in <laughs> Texas because I'm the only one. Very nice. So, I mean, a winner by default is still a winner. Agreed. Agreed.
1: But you are the best.
0: That is also true. Yes. hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so while
2: she was, you know, so, she, so she, you know, she won the Nobel Prize, and of course everyone's like tweeting at her for the Nobel Prize last year, um, and she was actually tweeted by a very famous musician um, that she was actually in a band with at Harvard, and who do you think that might be? Any guesses? There's like one very famous musician that
0: went to Harvard, so. Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Did Nicki Minaj go to Harvard? She um... should not have. I think she's smart enough, too.
1: Conan O'Brien. I don't know. Didn't he go to Harvard?
0: Conan O'Brien's not a musician, though, is he?
1: I've seen him play a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> he's strummed a little sometime.
2: So it was Tom Morello. Okay. Do you know who Tom Morello is?
1: Tom Morello. He's a famous guitarist, right? Yes. Uh, I'm not sure what band he plays in, but I know. You he's... said he
2: was going to get sure this. He would know. It's Rage,
0: right? Rage Against the Machine. Rage yeah, Against
1: the Machine. Yeah, there you go. Well,
0: Well, uh, see now. I know. See, I mean, I think people are still. I think that's still pretty impressive. That's awesome. That is one of the. This is why I followed his own style. Yeah. This
2: is why I followed Carolyn Bertozzi on Twitter. I was like, oh my god, Tom Morello (laughs) (laughs) tweeted at Carolyn Bertozzi. But he said, "Congrats to my former Harvard bandmate Carolyn Bertozzi on her Nobel Prize win in chemistry. We won the Ivy League Battle of the Bands in 1986 with our rockin' group Board of Education." With her on keyboards and me in spandex. (laughs) Wow. Dude, can we hear that music? I could not find it. I could not find it. She literally rocks. I could only find an interview of Tom Morello talking about the Board of Education, but I could not find any videos of the Board of Education playing.
0: For Tom Morello to think you're cool, you are the coolest.
2: Right? (laughs) Yeah. So and like yeah, they're
0: like still like friends and like follow each other on Twitter. It's very cool. I thought it was really dope. Yeah, was uh, cool. I was very excited. That reminds me. Um, so Haley Williams of my favorite band Paramore, she knows how to. Um, she knows how to crip walk, and people are trying to figure out like sorry who what ta- she knows how to crip walk like seawalk like not crip like crippled people crip like the gang. Okay, I, I don't. I didn't know what this. I don't know ableist, what this thing okay. is. This is, no, it's Crips, like, the gang, so that's, okay, like, a I understand that. dance okay. that, Like dance the, that they do. Okay. And people are trying to figure out, they're like, how does this little white girl from Tennessee know how to, like, who taught her how to seawalk? Is and there not a YouTube channel? What do you mean? Like, like, how to... There's gotta be a YouTube video teaching people how to do right, that. Right, right, there is. But they were trying to figure out, like, how does she do it so well, and it mm. turns out that... Uh, when she was like in junior high, she used to play basketball and was like neighbors with this guy who's like now literally a professional basketball player. Oh, okay, hmm. they were na- so they were like friends back in the day, and they like reconnected because all these people were like, "Hey, who taught you how to do this?" And she's like, "Ah, some neighbor, you know, from <laughs> some when I was neighbor." LeBron yeah, James,
1: he was my neighbor.
0: I don't remember the basketball player's name, but just interesting little connections that way. Well,
1: mm-hmm. I, I figured it'd be like you know, an uncle of hers was like gang affiliated. Right. And he was like, oh, we got to get, it. if you're going to hang out for the barbecue, you got to the- be able to script walk.
0: <laughs> All the gangs they have in uh, that tiny town right outside of Nashville that she's from. Yeah, well. You never know. You don't know. That's true. I mean, there could be a lot of gang activity.
1: Could be hood. <laughs> she could have grown up, Should she could have grown up in the hood.
0: That I don't think. I mean, no. I, from the looks of everybody else in the band that she's known her whole life, it doesn't seem real. Not likely. Not likely to me, but yeah. you know. She knows how to sea walk, so good for her. All right, but uh, Bertozzi replied to that tweet.
2: <laughs> thanks, <laughs> back to, Tom. Back to Bertozzi. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thanks, Tom. Maybe we can get the band back together someday. Winky fakes emoji, which personally I would love to see. I want to see Carolyn Bertozzi and Tom Morello needs to get spandex again and play this play this play this Board of Education song again that they won the Battle of Bands in 1986. Um, I'll put together a. What is it called? Petition. I'll put together a petition to do that. You're going to sign my petition? I'll sign it. <laughs> I mean, if it's
1: if it's, if it's it's Tom and Spandex, let's go. I mean, <laughs> I'm down with that.
2: Um, but to continue on uh, Bertozzi's career, she became an assistant professor at Berkeley in 1996 um, and a full professor in chemistry and molecular and cell biology in 2002. So she's kind of chemistry and biology ish very on the edge she held a an appointment as a professor of pharmacology as well from 2000 to 2002 at the university of california in san francisco and then from 2006 to 2015 she was the director of the molecular foundry which is like a nanoscience facility at lawrence berkeley national lab so like lawrence berkeley national lab is like one of the biggest labs in the country they're a mostly a department of energy facility it's another place it's kind of like los alamos or oak ridge people know about those places do you know about those places
1: um not a lot but (laughs) they sound very well funded and uh it seems like they're like really cutting edge
2: yeah so like um i don't know about when the lawrence berkeley ones were founded but los alamos and um uh oak ridge facilities were founded during world war ii to develop the atomic bomb um and so a lot of these national labs are like from the um like World War Two, Manhattan Project. That's when a lot of them were set up. Oh, okay. And so these are like government labs.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so in 2015, she became a professor of chemistry at Stanford University. And as far as I'm aware, I think she's still at Stanford. I don't think she's changed university since. So she's now currently at Stanford.
0: I don't think so either. Um, either that or she's just like a really big fan of college basketball because she, on her Twitter feed, she does have a picture of her like at a game. Well, mm-hmm. it's not... It's not a picture of her. It's just a picture of the game that you can tell that she's at.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, she seems like a basketball fan from her Twitter feed. Uh, so, little I tidbit you got that in common.
1: There you go. You hoops you, hoops you fan,
2: really? College, yeah. college fan, or
1: yeah, I like all hoops. You know, okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hoops fan. I'll check catch NBA and also college. You know, at the time of this recording, it's uh, you know, it's the March Madness at the moment. So mm. some very. Uh, big games coming up this actually tonight so
2: I have no idea about any any hoops yeah who's playing who's the who's winning what's uh, going on
1: well it's the sweet 16 <laughs> so I don't know it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see who wins tonight but uh sweet 16 matchups at least in the men's and then I think the women's tournament uh, I think they're also heading to the sweet 16 this weekend I don't know who's in it though.
2: What's the sweet 16? It's this Okay, is not so are going to explain know. all of that.
1: So our the Madness. tournament, so the NCAA tournament, there's 64 teams okay. that get in. And so the opening weekend, they'll play two games, two mm-hmm. rounds. So it's basically, you know, you win your first game, you're in the field of 32. Mm-hmm. If you win that second game, then you're in the sweet 16. Okay. And so it's just kind of a you survive the weekend type of deal. It's a big deal tonight. It's a, it's a big accomplishment for any school to make it there. Cool. And then, you know, from there it It gets, you know, cuts down in half. So if you win this game in the next two days, then you go to the Elite Eight. If you Mm -hmm. win that game, then it's Final Four, which is like, you know. Oh,
2: okay.
0: Got you. Then you're heading
1: to, like, where the championship game is, which I I think this year it's actually in Houston.
0: Mm. So So you might remember if you were at Tech at the time whenever our team went to the Final Four and then, like, burned down all of Broadway. When was that? It's like three years ago.
1: 2019.
0: 2019. Okay, that was
2: right before I got here. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so we it to we the, were the like national the championship
1: national game, mm. and whenever we got, whenever we won the final four game to go to the national championship, I think like yeah, all of Broadway burned to the ground. It was were, like a riot.
0: They flipped cars. A, they a burned car lime was scooters. burned.
1: Lime scooters were Nobody sacrificed. Died,
0: but yeah. dang, was,
1: we don't handle success well. No. Okay.
0: <laughs> Fair, yeah, I mean,
2: you know, uh, when I got married in October, that was the time that um, University of Tennessee like won that football game, and they took like the goalpost and tossed it into the Tennessee River, yeah. so that was happening as I was getting married, yeah. <laughs> and so oh, I got, I I got down, and they were like, push. oh my god, did you see what happened in the game? I was like, no, I was a little busy, <laughs> 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 so yeah, everyone in the hotel I was at was like, oh my god, and they're all wearing orange, and I was like, oh, great. <laughs> you know i just got married that's what i'm excited about (laughs) i just thought that was funny i was like also i was like what y'all won why are you tossing the goalpost in the river
1: we used to do that too at tech now they like there's like a security protocol where it's like as soon as the game's over like people like lower the goalposts so people we can't tear really? them down. Uh,
2: yeah. Okay, I know like they were getting angry because they throw like tortillas on the field. Yep. And people are getting angry about that too. Uh, they don't want people to do that because it's like a waste of food and right, it's gross and hard to clean up. And
1: well, there was some I saw other oh, some picture. I think it was after I think UT beat us here, but there was a player mm-hmm. that tweeted a picture of him eating the tortilla after the game, and it's like you don't want to know how we get those in. <laughs> it's like. You can't just walk into the stadium with tortillas in your hands. You yeah. have to smuggle them.
0: On your sweaty body. Through, yeah, <laughs> yeah, on your sweaty
1: body. Plus,
0: I mean, like, it it'd be yeah, on so. the ground of the field. Right. I mean, unless like you mean, caught it when someone threw it, but that's highly unlikely. Because they don't throw it, like, during the game, right?
1: Yeah, so it's so it's whenever we, opening kickoff. Oh, we, okay. We toss the tortillas. Yeah, it's during the
0: game, I thought, yeah. So yeah. they're on the field while people are running. That would, I feel like that would be, like, dangerous.
1: Yeah, but, you know, suck it up.
0: <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have like a, you have, on like, a have like Football a legendary might not be for
1: you. You gotta have like a legendary throw to actually get it out to where it's like
2: in, in the play. Way. It's
1: like most of the time they get it to like the end zones.
2: It makes sense, but there's somebody's job. It's it's probably just their job to sweep up all the tortillas as the game's going on.
1: I, they probably rotate it each week. It's probably just whoever's <laughs> closest to the tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the event staff.
0: And apparently, now they gotta like beat the football players away. Just don't eat these. <laughs> right.
1: Don't eat these tortillas that I smuggled in my underwear.
0: If you learn nothing else as a college athlete, what you should learn is that don't eat food that fell on the ground. Yeah. Just don't do it. Yeah. Five second rule does not apply. It does not apply to the outside of your house. Maybe not even to the inside of your house, depending on how clean you are. I was gonna say, not to the inside of most houses. <laughs> It is, it is gross.
2: But Bertozzi was a basketball fan and we're going to get back to Bertozzi. Back to Bertozzi. So her graduate research uh, focused on carbohydrates. So like sugars and starches and stuff. um, Analog synthesis. So she synthesized um, different versions of these um, compounds um, intended for like biological applications. Once she became a postdoc, she was in a similar line of investigation. Um, She studied, like, the role of carbohydrates in inflammation and things like arthritis, cancer, those kind of things. Um, And about that time, she began mapping a specific glycan, which is a type of carbohydrate, um, that's found on, like, the surface of the cells. Um, And this is, like, specializes in attracting um, immune cells to towards the lymph node and like it has to do with like how your immune system works and you know uh, how cells recognize each other because like your cells know which cells are your cells and which cells are like a bacteria right yeah so that's that's the kind of the world that she's um, she started her study and research in and then what she won the Nobel prize for, we kind of have to start with the work of Sharpless and and Meldell and then, then go back to Bertozzi. So because Sharpless and Meldell, um, they got their prize for discovering like a class of uh, reactions called click chemistry. So um, click chemistry as a term was coined in by Sharpless in the 1990s. um, And it just refers to like any simple quick reaction that can be used to make new molecules and he described it like snapping two ends of a belt together so like you know like a seat belt or like it just literally like they fit together really well and so anything that's a click chemistry thing uh any reaction they have to be they have like certain characteristics right so they have to be what's called modular meaning that you can like put kind of any little groups on the edges of the molecules and they'll still react like there's not a lot of restrictions on what kind of molecules do these reactions. They have to be insensitive to like solvent differences or um, water or oxygen. So they can't be like super oxygen sensitive. They can't be sensitive to water. Doesn't matter what the solvent is, um, those kind of things. You have to have high chemical yields. So that makes sense. You want all your chemical yields to be high. They have to be regio and stereo-specific. So meaning when they react, they react the same way every single time. And that's very important so that you don't get like weird side products, right? And then the last thing is they have to have what's called a large thermodynamic driving force, which means that when they react, they release heat. And so they're all exothermic and that the reason they have to be exothermic is usually because it goes with the high yields, right? So if things are exothermic or very have a high thermodynamic driving force, then you usually get high yields with them. It's just kind of how it works. Preferably, they also have like simple reaction conditions. You don't want there to be 20 ingredients to your reaction. You want them to readily use starting material and reagents that are available, right? That are not super expensive. And you want your solvent to be benign or easily removed. So water works really well, right? Especially if you're doing it in living systems. Easily purified products. So again, that goes with the Regio and Stereo specific. If you have a lot of side products, then you'd have to purify it. You don't want to do that. (laughs) Uh, and have what's called a high atom economy, which means there's no side products again. So all the atoms that were in your starting material end up in your final product. So, and that's gotcha. like a whole thing. This is all part of like green chemistry. So like if you've ever heard people talk about green chemistry, it's like environmentally friendly chemistry.
1: Yeah. It sounds like it's just all encompassing when all you put in there, like is what the end product is.
2: Mm hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then again, like, not sensitive, so you don't have to worry about oxygen or water, because, like, then you have to, like, put your reaction under argon, for example. And again, in living systems, you can't put your living system in a place with no oxygen, usually. Some cells will work, but... Not with that attitude,
0: you can't.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'll never get done with that attitude. <laughs> Sounds like a very specific rubric for that type of chemistry, though. Like yeah. Like, it's, like, very, like, no, oh, not that guy. It's got to be way, like, mm-hmm. very specific... To what yeah. classifies that?
2: Yeah. So it's about like a, I would say maybe like a dozen, maybe, maybe a little bit more than that reactions that like classify as click chemistry. Yeah. And so like the, the very first click chemistry reaction was actually discovered in 1893, but they didn't call it click chemistry then, obviously. But that was discovered by a guy named Arthur Michael. Uh, in the 20th century, there's a chemist called Rolf uh, Huesgen, um, who discovered another click chemistry reaction. Again, he didn't call it that. And Hugheskin's reaction is what kind of drove um, Sharpless and Meldell to do their research. So Hughes Huesgin's reaction um, gave a mixture of two two different products, um, and it was really slow and it took a long time. So it took like I, I don't I don't I didn't look up exactly how long it takes.
1: Roth's entire life.
2: No, it's probably like a day or two. <laughs>
1: It took one day of Roth's life.
2: <laughs> Rolf. Um, but, and then a high temperature of over 100 degrees Celsius. So that's really hot. So Sharpless and Meldell independently. Um, Sharpless is in the United States. Uh, Meldell is in Denmark. Um, they were both investigating Hughesgins' reaction to try to see if they could get a better yield. That's kind of what a lot of people do. And so they independently discovered that they could use copper metal to catalyze the reaction um, and then they would only get one product and um once they optimized their reaction conditions they could do it in 15 minutes with a 91 percent yield so that's really really fast for chemistry standards and that's a pretty good yield so and then here's like a little bit of chemistry drama meldell actually reported the reaction first But uh, Sharpless was more famous and already had a Nobel Prize. And so when Sharpless published his version, he called it click chemistry. Like this is kind of where click chemistry started coming in, um, the term click chemistry. But yeah, so Meldell was like not as well known. Uh, He also didn't use the term click chemistry in when he was reportedly in his paper. And so a lot of people like didn't pay attention to it.
1: Did they have a rivalry because of this?
2: I, How it, dare you, sir? <laughs> I did it first. I don't think Kinda so. Like that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Meldal doesn't strike me as someone who is like, "How dare you take stuff?" <laughs> I don't know. Like he's just like, "I did chemistry." I don't know. I don't. I don't yeah. know the man very well or anything. Um, but he doesn't. I don't think there's like a huge rivalry. Also, like Sharpless is like very famous in chemistry. Like, so again, he already had a Nobel Prize. He's won two Nobel Prizes now. There's actually a guy at Tech uh, who worked for Barry Sharpless in his postdoc, and he names drops Barry Sharpless all the time. Yeah. He's like, I worked too. for Barry
0: Sharpless. And I'm like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm, that, think so, I'm like, still not
1: holding the door for you, sir. i
0: would be like, oh, yeah. Like, comedian-wise, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that time I opened for... Or the, that time I did, you know, Kimmel, right? Oh, me yeah. and Kimmel were tight, oh, yeah. right? You know, I used to well, work that's like, Kimmel. Yeah, if you ever did Late Night, for, yeah.
1: there's like those old comedians that like live there. It's that, that, their whole thriving, right. that's their life. It's yeah like, Well, I was on Letterman in 93. You are know, like it's 30 years ago? Right. It's like, that's, that's it. They're but riding
0: that high. <laughs> yeah.
1: You can still get it on VHS.
2: <laughs> it's like how Tom Morello is absolutely riding on the fact that he was in a band with, the very famous Carolyn Bertozzi. Clearly. That's right, hundred
0: percent. I bet he name drops her all the time. I bet he does. Was I bored, would. Bored I mean, of... she won a Nobel Peace Prize. That makes no. Nope. I think more... she
2: won a Nobel Prize in Chemistry.
0: Right, right, right. I'm sorry. There's no Nobel peace. Prize in. there is no. That's right. No justice, no, no ju- peace.
1: Yeah, there we go. Now um. we're now we're in Rage Against the Machine world right, right there. That's why. No justice, no peace.
0: If any band is gonna win a Nobel Peace Prize, though, Rage, except they probably never. They won't do that because of things. I was gonna say I don't think they, but I was just give... gonna say I think that makes I think that makes her probably more maybe what more well known throughout the world than Tom Morello. I don't know. I I would think Tom Morello is mm. more well think, known, but I mean like like as far as like reach wise,
2: no. I don't know. He's no? pretty
0: famous because like too he he's like I think his family's from like South Africa, so he did like a lot of like political stuff. Yeah in there's like South a Africa. Rage Against well. the Machine world tour. Like. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm just thinking like, what if there's chemists that don't like, don't listen to music, but they know who this lady is, right? Like they know who Bertozzi is. Do you is, know how many Tomarello's. chemists are
2: in the world though?
0: I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like some of them are going to be like not into music or like not into pop culture at all, right? Yeah. I mean, probably. All right, just... I'm making no point at all. I'm not making my point very well. The purpose of me on this podcast is to distract people from the story. Uh Uh-huh. And I think I've done that sufficiently. Um, It's pretty reactive, um, but it's also, like, stable enough that you
2: can, like, have it on on a shelf. So, like, once you put it in solution, it'll react pretty fast. But um, it's not, like, super explosive or anything crazy. And then an alkyne, which is a carbon with a triple bond to another carbon. And so what she did, alkynes normally like to be in a straight line, so like a 180-degree line. And so what she did was to put it in um, this eight-membered ring. So she has the two carbons that have triple bond, and then there's six other carbons in a ring around it, right? And that makes the bond bend out of the 180 degrees, right? Because if you have 180 degrees, you just have to have your two points on the end, right? But if you have a ring, it has to fold in to fit the ring. Does that make sense?
1: It's like a horseshoe of chemistry.
2: Yeah. Or, er, yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah. I, was say, I need like a, like a visual. Here, I can, I can show you a picture. It's like, this is okay.
1: what it would normally look at, but she just decided to bend that. Like, bend it up like that. Like It's like it's normally like this, but then she did this. Yeah, so... Since this is a, a visually recorded... Video podcast. We'll put, we'll put a this picture to this. on Instagram, right? She yeah, did, let's do a took picture this on Instagram. And then did this.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is chemistry.
2: Uh, why won't you show me this picture? <laughs> Let me see the picture. There we go. Okay. So you see, it's in a ring. Uh-huh. And so instead of the two bonds coming out of this triple bond here, right, instead of them going straight out, they bend down. So that you can have the whole ring. Because if they came straight out, then you wouldn't have the rest of the ring anymore. Like, you couldn't connect them properly. Does that kind of make sense? Yep. Okay.
1: (laughs) We're going to go with yes on that.
2: Okay. But anyway, because of how it's bent like that out of the 180 degrees, um, it activates that alkyne to be more reactive. Okay. And then she puts two fluorine atoms on the edge, too and those are electron withdrawing so it's pulling electrons out of the bond which weakens the bond and then that makes it also more reactive right so instead of having copper cuz like basically what copper does is it takes takes the two pieces and like puts them together and holds them in place so that they can react so instead of doing that she makes one of the components more reactive so that when the other one meets it it'll react faster
1: okay if that
2: makes any sense yeah. Um, with this, you, it, this reaction is precise enough that Bertozzi can use it to study the biological systems. So um, basically to that alkyne with the eight-membered ring, you can attach what's called a fluorophore to it. So a fluorophore is just a molecule that absorbs a certain wavelength of light and fluoresces, um, which can be used to like track where certain biomolecules are moving within the cell, right? So if you had a little piece of, uh, of a biomolecule and you attached basically a little light to it you can watch it move around in the cell okay right yeah. mm-hmm. so that's basically what she did so she took she has the she has the cell that has this azide group in it somewhere and then she has their fluorophore and so she can target where on the cell she wants the fluorophore to go by having this click chemistry and because it doesn't interfere it, because it's so clean and there's no copper atoms, there's no other chemical reaction happening, it doesn't interfere with the rest of what the cell is doing, right? And so you can have these chemical reactions happening in living systems and track what's happening in real time without interfering with what's happening. If that, Does that make sense? Because like I think yeah. that's really, really cool.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, that is cool.
2: And so now they've used this in regular old living cells, like in a Petri dish. They've also done this reaction in, or from what it said, they did it in zebrafish and in living mice. So living zebrafish and mice, they did chemical reactions in their bodies and it didn't kill them. And that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that is
2: cool. (laughs) So.
0: they there like a practical application for that or is it just like to do it?
2: Yeah. So there are practical applications. Um. First of all, just to, like, study how these biological systems are working, right? So, you know, that that's part of it. And then the other part is, like, um, biotherapeutics has been a big thing coming around this. So there's been some uh, treatments in the process of being approved by the FDA that have come out of this research in one way or another, targeting therapies like cancer. So her lab's development also, did like a, a fast point of care tuberculosis test. So, like, I guess tuberculosis tests are traditionally very slow. I didn't know that. But now, using this technology, they know if you have tuberculosis a lot faster, was my understanding. And then there's also a number of research into like cancer treatment. So, you can use it to like label DNA and RNA to like know how cancer is working. You could also think of it for medical imaging stuff. So I know that they're coming up with a, like a contract, contrast agents that use this technology so that you can like target specific areas in your body for the contrast agent. So like sometimes you have contrast agents that are like harmful to other parts of your body. But if you can like make it only go to the area that you need it, then you're not going to harm your liver or your kidneys because they all went to like your heart. Your heart needed the contrast agent so like targeting it and same thing with like radiotherapy for cancer so like if you can make the cancer the targeted area then you can have all like all of the radiation radiotherapy or your like chemotherapy would be like targeted into that area
1: localized to where it is Mm -hmm. yeah
2: so um, that's the idea and so like a lot of this is like opened up like a whole new area of research um because before like it's really hard to study all of the complex things that are happening in a cell. But now we can, like, label specifically one area and know what we've labeled and be able to track it. And so, like, now there's a whole area of cellular research that's just, that you can, you can do this technique with. Because before you just kind of, like, it wasn't as, as targeted. You were possibly disrupting systems, right? So, like, as in the process of observing it, you've disrupted what the cell was going to do. Because you've po- poisoned it somehow, or and so it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I thought it was neat. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> and that's pretty much all I got. Really, it's a really quick episode, actually. <laughs> so, well,
0: and that, that's even with me. I mean, we're at forty-five minutes, a, and that's with me.
1: Bioorthogonal. right
2: mm-hmm.
0: bio-orthogonal. bioorthogonal chemistry.
1: That's that's some cool shit.
2: Yeah. One, I would one word. That's you did it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did it.
2: There's your curse word for yeah. this episode. <laughs>
1: You're welcome, kids. <laughs>
2: Um, but I figure a good short episode is also better because we gave people like a super
0: long episode last time. <laughs> yeah, last time it was it had we had to break it up in two pieces, so okay. that was kind of a lot. So this I think works better. But yeah,
2: also fun fact: Carolyn Bertozzi is, I believe, the eighth woman to ever win the Nobel Prize in Chemistry,
0: like ever. So whoop, whoop, Bertozzi, and yeah, is well she that's the pretty first, cool. Um, is she the first like queer person? Like queer person,
2: period, or queer woman? Because I think she's like for person, sure period. the i think I think she's for sure the first queer woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's the first queer person ever. I'd have to look I'd have to look. Okay, because there might have been a gay man in there somewhere. I just don't know off the top of my head.
0: That's I mean I still think that's pretty impressive, especially that like you can make all these things happen in these small cells and not mess anything up.
2: Yes, she's also going to be the first person to win. Um, the adams award which is not like as a national it's a national award not an international award but she's the first woman to win the adams award which is um i believe it's for creativity in organic synthesis and she's the first woman to ever win that and so now there is only one uh national chemistry prize that has never been won by a woman so she's yeah the the one that nobody's ever won is called hc brown award has not been won by a woman yet
1: well, come so. on, HC. Give it to Bertozzi.
2: <laughs> this give is it some her. cool stuff. Uh, I don't think she qualifies for that one because I think
0: that one is spe- very specifically for like synthetic organic, and so like it's so specific. Well, that's yeah. you, right? No, no. Okay, never mind. Just synthetic.
2: So synthetic organic is, is um, yeah, like I do more, I would be more up for inorganic like prizes be oh, okay. because of what I do. Like I do make ligands and I do do organic synthesis, but mm-hmm. it's not like, I'm not coming up with any new reactions. So, okay. yeah, that's kind of what that's for is like, oh, I came up with this new reaction. Also, it's named after me now because that's how it works. I don't get those. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I get a catalyst named after me. That'd be fun. Like the Grubs catalyst. Apparently Grubbs was a nice
0: guy. Nobody knows who Grubbs is. I mean yeah. Grubbs.
1: Sounds like settle, a cool guy.
0: I would settle for someone like naming a sandwich after me, honestly. <laughs> even if it was like not a very good sandwich, I'd be like, this is pretty cool.
1: Oh, you'd be pissed if it was a bad <laughs> sandwich. Let's get real. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that or I'd have never even eaten mayonnaise?
0: that. Yeah, if it had Are mayonnaise, you, you
1: would <laughs> this this whole yeah, throw flip the table.
0: I would burn that establishment to the ground. Mm-hmm at just... least call it an aioli, for Christ's sake.
1: Yeah, don't don't hit her with the mayo.
0: But aioli is mayo with some lemon juice in it. Yeah, but
2: fancy a, fancy yeah, mayonnaise. It's a nicer word. Fair, fair. All right. I'll I'll. If anybody ever thinks, oh, I'm gonna name a sandwich after Selena, I'll be like, you better put aioli on it, not mayonnaise.
1: Yeah, if there is mayonnaise, call it aioli. <laughs> it's
2: like
0: garlic in it or That's something. That's right. Make it spicy.
2: But all right, that is all. Thank you for listening to me talk about chemistry and Carolyn Bertozzi.
1: Thanks for having me on. This was fun.
2: Good. Goodbye.
0: Adios. <laughs> Apoptosis going mad. My liver's going to fail. Maybe it's from the radium I use to paint my nails. Well, say you hate me, carbon date me, throw me in the sea. I'll be back with time because I'm made of stardust and chemistry, of stardust and chemistry.